And we're live for another episode of Athletic Insights. Athletic Insights is a resource designed for youth sports organizations, coaches and parents, and young athletes looking to get a glimpse in behind the scenes of elite athletics. We're joined here by Coach Kevin Mackey, who was actually the first coach in uh, university football in Canada here to, to give me my first dress and my first start. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Going to go down memory lane a bit and and uh, chat about that. But how are you doing? How are you staying busy and, and healthy during uh, COVID? Uh, well, we keep the lines of uh, communication open. And thank God for, uh, you know, online, uh, the internet and Zoom meetings and all of that stuff that we can do with the guys. And you know what? We, we've done some pretty creative things. Uh, the guys are all competitive and we're having fun with it. So we keep them active. Uh, we meet probably two, three times a week online. Uh, and you know what? We're having fun. For sure. Is there any silver lining in terms of the kids? Is their communication improving because of this? Because they're being forced to, to use uh, alternative measures? Well, uh, you know what we did is we, we split the team in three teams. Uh, and it's sort of a point system of what we do. And I mean, it's the simple things. We This is my uh, offensive coordinator's idea, Felix Le Chasseur, uh, who played at Laval, won a couple of Vanier Cups. And, uh, you know, so going to class, you get points. You know, being on time, you get points. Uh, going to all your lifts, doing everything the right way, your study hall periods, uh, you get points. And we've basically done teams, and at the end of the semester, uh, the guys are going to have, like, bragging rights of being an exclusive club uh, they get a, a like a gold hoodie and uh, you know what it, it's kind of neat because we're all competitors and they right, all want to yeah. they all want to win this hoodie I don't know it's it's just about the bragging rights it's just about having fun and I want know, the hoodie now, hey, well well you know what you're a football player even the coaches so the word coaches we're all competitive I, I've got my uh, Thetford is a mining town so we have our, our three mines split up into three mines and, uh, you know, I got Etienne Marin, who is my defensive coordinator. He's in charge of one group. I'm in charge of another. And Alfred Lachance, who's our uh, strength and conditioning and our running back coach, who's in charge of another group. So I have an outstanding coaching staff. And they body, and that's the number one thing. And then we're really competitive. So we're driving our players to make sure that they're, they're doing all the right things so that we don't lose any points because uh, I think – it's a 20-point spread that's separating the three teams. We just got the, the, the points in yesterday. Uh, so there's, it's, anybody can win this thing, and it's probably going to go down to the wire at the end. So uh, we want to give ourselves the best chance to, to win these golden hoodies. Seems like a great way to keep them motivated. That's a smart system. Um, Coach, do you want to just go over your, your sports and your coaching background? Uh, yeah, time goes by really quick, Zach. Um, you know, cause when you play, play the game of football, it's, uh, when you start coaching, you're, you're already old because the guys that you're coaching are younger than you. And it's a young man's game. They always say it's a young man's game. So, uh, basically I, I, I was a local guy here in the Sherbrooke area. So close to Bishop's university played high school football at Alexander Galt. Then I went to, uh, Champlain regional college for the, played for the Cougars for three years under Tony Adana. Then uh, from Champlain, I went to the University of Western Ontario, where I played four years and graduated with my degree. I got uh, I graduated with a psych degree. And then I played. I was lucky enough. I came back home. 
Uh, I played my fifth year at Bishop's uh, University in 2004, I believe. Yeah, I think it was 2004. And then after that, uh, I sort of fell into coaching where, uh, you know, the, the current head coach at Champlain at the time needed a DB coach in 2005. Uh, and I was a local local guy and I was working and I, I had the opportunity to go and coach the DBs. And that's that's sort of how my coaching career got uh, got started. So I, do, I went from DB coach to uh, defensive coordinator in CJEP. And then I, I Leroy Blue uh, asked me to come on board in 2007 at Bishops as an assistant coach and taking care of the DBs. Did the DBs, special teams coordinator, and then, uh, you know, ended up being head coach for five years at Bishops and coach, head coach two years at Champlain College. And now this is my, I uh, just completed my first year at Sajid uh, Bethford as head coach. Awesome. Do you, and do you, looking back on things, did you have a, a favorite time when you were a player, when you were coaching CJEP, when you were coaching U Sports, or does it all just kind of blend in for a, a process for you? Uh, it's, it, it sort of blends in because you're always, you know, your teammates, you're making friends for life when you're on a football team, you know, you're all working towards a common goal and the commitment and, you know, the discipline and all these things. And there's no better feeling than uh, playing a game of football. You win it and you're sitting down in the locker room with all your teammates, you know, knowing that everybody's giving a hundred percent. And then coaching is, the same thing because if you have a great coaching staff normally after the game you sit down together you say hey what went well what didn't go well and and you sit down and you you sort of you know you bond together and I always say the character of your football team is going to take on the character of your coaching staff so if you have a really tight coaching staff and they hang out together a lot uh, then you're going to have a close-knit team so it's the same thing when you know football brings everybody together uh, everybody's having fun and it's just different levels in a football career so when you're a football player you don't understand all of the things that the coaching staff goes through and you know it's a different period in your life so sometimes your priorities are more football than academics or whatever and then when you begin to coach uh you know the priority becomes the players you know the athletes and they need to go to school because you know that they're going to go to university one day or they may have an opportunity to go pro or they need this degree in order to get the job that they want so it's uh, it's awesome. The time goes by so quickly, and the people that you meet, um, you know, it, look at this is an example of a podcast of a, a player that I coached not too long ago, and you're doing really well and trying to pass on all the information that's important for for football players, young football players. Uh, so I think it's just fantastic. So it's it's um, it's fun. Enjoy it. Uh, it's 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 kind of a blur. Um, so. It, it, it's, it all ties into one thing. It's just working with young men and developing, developing them to be uh, to, to achieve whatever they want to achieve. Right, and I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not uh, specifically coaching football like you are, but uh, I have the same sort of disposition towards how I approach what I do. So, running an athletic development company, doing having the same set of values as you that I want these kids to to, to graduate high school and to go to CJEP or to university and continue their education and keep playing sports if they can just become better people for when the real world hits them. Cause um, one of the things that you said to the, to the team, actually my first year was you were talking to the seniors and you had mentioned, uh, you know, keep the shoulder pads on for an extra hour because once they're off, they're off for real. And I took it in and I, and I, I knew I had another year left, but the last time I took my shoulder pads off, 
I still wish I sat in them for another half an hour or an hour. And then I actually told a high school team I was coaching this year, the seniors, the same piece of advice. So it's, it, uh, it all comes full circle. But uh, one of the things I wanted to get your opinion on, Coach, was you spent some time, well, a lot of time coaching and playing in the Quebec system of football. And I kind of just wanted to um, give the listeners to this podcast who are majority Ottawa, Brockville, Toronto, Ontario, um, just – a little overview of the Quebec football model, some of the things they do different, and then we'll just kind of chat about the benefits. Uh, well, high school is a little bit different in Quebec because it goes up to a grade 11. And then basically CJEP is grade 12 and 13, uh, and then you go to university. So it's um, that extra year, or sometimes what football players are doing in Quebec is an extra two years before going to university. Uh, the other difference that I find is, you know what, we have 32 CJEPs playing football. So so the funnel and the filter is really concentrated on 32 schools playing football. So we have a Division One, Division Two, and Division III. Um, they're, they're all great football. It's a little bit different. Uh, Division One is really good football. Uh, Division Two is really good football as well. Like you got Adam Snagger that played at the University of Calgary, won the Heck Crichton. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out of John Abbott. So, you know, some great football players are coming out of all conferences. And you take an example, the the offensive and defensive rookie of the year, if I'm not mistaken, in the RACQ, uh, came from, I believe, the Sijep Rimouski. So it's a Division three school. Um, and I think, can't speak for every CJEP, but the models in CJEP are really similar to university uh, life in terms of the coaching in terms of the academics, in terms of, you know, the environment. So some, some kids in Quebec will travel to a, a CJEP that is far away, similar to like university. So you'll live in residence, you know, you're going to have that uh, freedom of schedule for your, for your classes. Um, you know, if you move away at 17 years old, well, you're basically going through that first and second year of university during CJEP. And it allows you to grow and mature. And you've got to be really careful because, hey, we were all young. We all made the, uh, the wrong decision at some point and We all had fun with it. But um, basically, they're just going through the, the learning curve of learning how to be a university student. And, and I always say it's a great springboard to go to university because, A, you're a little bit older when you're going to university. B, you've been away from home for a little bit. So you know how to cook. You know how to do your laundry. You know how to clean or you should, hopefully. I mean, that's <laughs> all the other things that we want to do. Mm-hmm. And you have the academic freedom, so the schedule. So you got to study on your own time. You know, you got to go to those study hall periods. Uh, so it's not as if your parents wake you up in the morning, put you on the side of the street, you get picked up by a bus, you go to school, the bell rings, you go to your classes, uh, then you have lunchtime at noon. It's different. So it's really like university. Um, so that's why I say it's an awesome springboard. So in terms of academics, uh, socially changing and fitting into what you got to do and, and just the maturity. So 17 or 16 or 17 year old young man is not the same person as 1920 and 1920 is not the same as 23, 24. Uh, Mm -hmm. so it, it's awesome for them to learn. And, uh, you know, and CJEPs really do a nice job of, of working with their young athletes, uh, on how to be a student, how to be uh, how to be a football player too, as well, and how to be a person in the community because we do a lot of community service as well too. Yeah, I think I think you really hit 
hit the nail on the head there. And I think the one thing about CJEP that I want the Ontario football players to understand is it's not a last resort. A lot of them are viewing it as a last resort if they're not good enough to get into a university program right away. And mm-hmm. I've sat down with several of my athletes and explained it's not a last resort. This is an opportunity to get where you want to get. So you commit two more years or three more years, like you said, that extra CJEP year some guys are doing, to getting bigger, faster, stronger, practicing your craft you're so much more likely to go to a program and be able to compete in your first year um, than someone coming out of maybe Ontario young, who's going to sit on the bench for two years. So there's the pros and cons of the university or sorry, the Ontario athletes who graduate in grade 12 and then go to spend the two years in CJEP and then um, go to university. But as you said, I think that's a great model because you mentioned uh, John Abbott's produced some quarterbacks. They have Sangria out in Calgary too, but I think they also have a couple guys over in the NCAA as well. Um, so absolutely, yeah, absolutely, they got a kicker. I think he's graduating from UCLA. Uh, their quarterback from 2018 is at UConn. Yes. Uh, so, so they're doing some nice work at John Abbott. Hmm. What do you think the biggest pro of the Quebec model is uh, with respect to, I guess, sports, but more specifically football? I, I think it's the age. Okay. I think the maturity, like if you're looking, if you're talking about university football, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're going to university at 19 years old, 19, 20 years old is your first year of university. Whereas if you're coming out at 17, 18 uh, in other provinces, and I, if I look at Ontario, the OUA, they're really young. They have um, junior football, but like junior football out west, so some guys aren't ready. They'll stay, they'll still go to university, take classes. They can play junior football. And then join a university team a little bit later, not because they're not good enough. It's just that they're they're really young. Um, so there's CJET models, really nice model. Junior football is a nice model, um, you know. And Ontario, it's the high school. The high school coaches are doing a phenomenal job. Like the Jamal Lees that came out, uh, Sean Gore, Kyle Jones, James Yurichek. Um, those guys were young, and they were going to the CFL like a. You know, Jamal, I think, was 22 or, or 23 when he was coming out. So that was really young to go in the CFL. Um, so it's uh, there's no right or wrong. It's really what the best fit for you is. And then the other mm-hmm. thing is the number one priority is, is you got to make sure that it's an academic fit. Um, you right. know, so you don't want to come play CJEP football just for football because uh, it's probably not going to end well. So you got to have some sort of academic plan. For sure. And that's one of the things I go over with my athletes. So one of the guys that we were talking about um, before this chat, um, Brody, Brody. uh, Oh, I had a brain fart there. We're going to move on. Um, (laughs) Well, the the interesting part is if you do go to CJEP and you do complete your deck, which is a diplôme d'études collégiales, and you choose to go to a Quebec university, uh, you know, sometimes your first year classes at university will be credited. Uh, so I know, but you have to be serious when you're coming to school and it's not an easy feat to do in two years uh, or two and a half years. So for a Quebec student athlete must complete his deck to go to university in Quebec. Um, if you're coming from out of province, well, you've done your grade 12. Uh, so basically you're coming to do grade 13 and 14. Normally I recommend if you're coming from out of province, Minimum two years because it, the first year is a learning curve. Uh, the second year is where you're going to get to play, and then you're, you're ready after your second year to go to university. But you have to make sure uh, 
to tie your academics in. And your academics really should be a priority because if you're right. running on only football, uh, 1% of all players will play pro ball. And even part of yeah. that 1% after two, three years are no longer in the league. So mm-hmm. make sure right. you take just... care of academics. And you sparked my mind there. So the thing I was going to touch base on, but Brody is, so he, his grade, this is important guys. So if you're a young athlete listening to this, your grades matter. Because one of my athletes who has really solid grades, who applied to CJEP out of grade 12, he still wasn't able to get into the sciences program he wanted. So he's going to go into social sciences for a year, transfer into sciences, and then be able to go off to university and hopefully do a kind degree. So it's not only an academic or athletic springboard, it can be an academic um, benefit to you if you're willing to put the work in and, and you want to get your high school grades up for sure. So I think that's a great point. Absolutely. Um, and, and you know what, uh, if you're looking at, if you're good enough to get, uh, well, the athletic financial awards in Canada. So those are basically like the Canadian scholarships. Uh, you know, you need to have good grades because they're all tied in with your academics. And if you are good enough to go to the NCAA, I mean, you got to go through the uh, clearinghouse. Uh, you got to pass your SATs and you still have to have good grades because we, we have Matthew Bergeron, who's uh, the right tackle for the University of Syracuse. I mean, it was awesome, the process for him to go play in the NCAA. Uh, all of his classes were good. He had good grades. So, you know, everything worked well for him. But if he didn't have good grades, he wouldn't have had an opportunity to go. For sure. And, and that'll be a great segue into our uh, next discussion here about recruiting. So what are, what are some of the things that you look for in athletes for yourself? Um, well, the number one thing that we say uh, or that we ask is uh, they got to have a, an academic project. So they got to be serious about school, you know, in terms of what program they want to study. We ask them if they're motivated to play at the next level, which is university. Um, so if, if they say yes to both those things, you know, then we continue the conversation. The next thing that we ask for is, you know, what, what does your family think about it? The, do you have the support of your family if you leave home? Uh, financially, is it something that's possible? Uh, because if, if we recruit a football player and their family is against them to, to come to play CJEP, it's probably not going to end well. So those are sort of the first things that we ask. And then the third thing is, you know what, they need to uh, be a good football player. Like, I mean, that's what we're looking for. The third one is easiest for us to find because you can sit there and watch a game and, and you say, okay, this guy, this guy is interesting, this guy. Uh, and what we do is, you know, we work extremely hard. So uh, we have our coaches on the road normally in the month of May. This year will be a little bit tougher. But the month of May when high schools are doing their spring camps, uh, we'll, we will go and we will just simply watch practice. And, you know, over the time and over the years, you, you know, the coaches, we will ask the coaches their opinions of certain kids. But just by watching them practice, how they listen to the coach, are they the first in line? Uh, what's their effort when nobody is really watching? Uh, so those are notes that we take and then we basically do all of our homework in the month of May. And then during the season, we'll go and we'll watch the game and we'll confirm everything that we've noted down for certain players. So, um, you know, just be a good person, listen to your coaches, take care of your school. All those things are the ideal student athlete that you want to recruit. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, Hey, we need to get to know the student athletes that we're recruiting, um, mm-hmm. you know, just because your grades aren't up to par doesn't mean that you can't do it. Maybe something happened in your life or whatever it is. And it becomes a relationship. 
with the coaches and the players and the family. So, you know, and those those are really cool. You know, the, the players mm-hmm. that didn't have it easy and they go on and they do nice things in life and they're successful. Uh, that's that's pretty special as a coach. That's what you're. That's what you want to do. You want to help the kids throughout mm-hmm. the process. But if they're lazy, don't want to work, don't care, don't respect much, we won't recruit those guys. You've always definitely been a, a player's coach, which is one of the things that I respect about you the most, for sure. Um, but I wanted to know, do, do, do you think or like, do you have the ability to look at a kid in high school and say that, yes, this kid can go play next level, being university, not CJEP, sorry. Do you see that jump or do you think there's just so much more of a process in that two years, that 17, 18, 19 years, too much can happen in there? to know if a kid's going to be special or have you, or have you had the coach's eye and grabbed the kid and said, this kid's going to be special. And then maybe went on to get drafted. You, you can always be wrong, but uh, right, right, right. Most, most, most of the time, you know, if you're talking to somebody and he has the potential and he has all the intangibles and you get to know him, then absolutely. And it works the other way around too. If they don't have the intangibles, they don't work hard. They can have all the tools to be a professional football player, but they just won't get there because they, they don't have everything else. And when you have a great one is when he has all the tools and he has all the intangibles, then it's like, then you have something special. But part of a coach is, you know, when you're 16, 17 years old, sometimes you don't understand or you don't know what hard work is. And that's what we do. And that's what's really rewarding as a coach is, you know, you're not doing a good job as a coach if your player is at the same place his second year as he was in his first year. And if he's still the same place in his second year as he is in his third year. So you got to see that progression of your student athletes. And, you know, uh, the good coaches will find a way to motivate the young guys to, to play. And if not, sometimes, you know, you just have to make the tough decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not you, – you don't have a choice. If you want to be a, an elite athlete in whatever you do, you don't have a choice but to get up in the morning. You don't have a choice but to eat right. You don't have a choice – but to work out, you just don't if you want yeah. to be elite. If you don't want to be elite, then don't do what we do. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest misconception is a lot of people, um, when they're in high school, a lot of athletes, men and women, male and female, they they have this um, kind of baseline of what hard work looks like, probably based on what they've been around, who they went to high school with, uh, how their parents raised them, their personal level of motivation. And I wanted to know if, have you noticed anything or any difference in those athletes that just seem to have that right attitude and the work ethic and the, su- the consistency to be more successful? Well, the number one criteria for those guys, like the special athletes, A, they love the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're always wanting to learn more. They always, uh, like to me, I remember Sean Gore, I was DB coach at BU at the time. And he come to see me in the office and he was like, I want you to teach me how to tackle. And I'm like, you're playing receiver. Why do you need to know how to tackle? He's like, well, I want to play in the CFL. And if I make it to the CFL in my first couple of years, I understand I'm going to have to play special teams. So Hmm. can you teach me how to tackle? And I was like, sure. I mean, I was, I was sort of stunned, but that's who Sean Gore is. And that's who he was then. And uh, he ended up playing, I think, eight or nine years in the CFL, won a great cup. Uh, you know, he's got a couple of kids. He's doing well, you know, in terms of his career, his new career, business, and uh, life after football. Um, but And then same thing with Jamal Lee. Like, Jamal was 
an unbelievable athlete, and you could not get him off the field. We were doing special team scout, you know, and I remember I was taking care of the scout cards for uh, special teams. I couldn't get him off the scout team because he just loved to play the game, and he was always mm. there, and he was like, whatever you need, coach. Yeah. You need me to play D-line, I'll play D-line. You need me to be a linebacker, I'll be a linebacker. So the really, truly special ones love it. They love the game. They're students of the game. And, um, you know, they're they're rare. That's why Jamal, Mm -hmm. I think, was drafted number two overall or number three with with James. But, and, you know, I've had some kids like um, Maxim. I think he played with Max a little DB. Played, Played five years. Never, he dressed one game in five years. Um, might have, I might have just missed him. Yeah, but he never, he, he played, he practiced football for four or five years. I think it was four years because he was from Sherbrooke. Mm-hmm. Never missed a practice, never missed a meeting, never missed a lift for one game. And then yeah, those guys are the he was full. Yeah, well, he was, a, he was like a team captain in his last year because everybody had so much respect for him. Mm-hmm. And, and they couldn't understand why he was doing all of these things to for little. And he's like, no, I just want to be part of the team. It keeps me in shape. I'm, I feel like I'm contributing when I'm on scout team. Uh, and now I think he's awesome. I think he's uh, he's like a marketing guy for a UFC fighter, like if somebody famous. And, wow. and the funny thing is they called me for a reference, and I told him exactly that. I said, who in their right mind? would play a sport for four years for one game and to go through everything that he's, he's gone through, it's hats off. So extremely dedicated, loyal, like you can't, he's, he's another 1% uh, of the population. So uh, mm-hmm. in terms of, I, I remember him and I use him as an example and some guys uh, think it's tough that they, they don't play one game or two games or whatever it is. And they, they contemplate stopping to play football, but I mean, it's just the reality of things. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. so just buckle down, do what you got to do, and great things will happen regardless. I th- and I think it comes down essentially to each individual's, like, purpose. Um, that, that lad must have had something very deep internally motiv- motivating him because if his, if his motivation was external, like uh, wearing the jackets, getting attention from coaches and girls or whatever – he, he's a, he would have quit by, before his fourth year, but he must have had something really deep inside him burning that kept him coming to practice and coming to film and, and losing sleep to be up early and, and, and whatnot. So, um, well, do, you, do you think there, Go ahead, go sorry. Ahead. I was going to say, do you think there's anything that we can do, um, so me specifically working with athletes like 10 to 18 with the younger generation, to, to get that kind of realization out of them, to, to help – find their why that's one of the things i pride myself on as a coach i'm trying to point all these young athletes to find their purpose and you know it's going to work with half of them it's not going to work with half of them but do you have any uh, advice um for navigating that uh they're all going to have different paths regardless what they do mm-hmm. and i sort of you know you can you can hopefully teach them the why and hopefully they learn and they and they go through it and they stick it out um, but it's, I compared a little bit to, uh, you know, a young kid that sees fire and, you know, and they've never touched, they've never been burned. So they don't know what it is. Um, you're an adult, you're watching this kid and he's going to touch something that's really hot. You say, no, don't touch it. It's hot. And eventually what does the young kid do? They touch it and they burn themselves. Not because they want to burn themselves because they don't know what hot is. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes you just have to learn for yourself and see what the process is. And some guys, you know, uh, some guys come in, they fit in, they do everything right, uh, and it works. Some guys will come in, you know, they got to take a little bit of time off. Then they, they realize what, they, what they're missing and what they don't have. And then they come back and they have success. And sometimes guys will come in and, and you know, it's not for them. So it's, uh, it's quite the process. And no matter how much you explain it to young athletes coming in, everybody experiences it differently. Um, so nobody mm-hmm. is the same. No one player is the same. And I think one of the keys in, in great coaching is to make sure that you have open communication with your players so you know how they feel you know, to, uh, to sort of guide him through this because, uh, Mathieu Breton, I don't know if, uh, yeah, you played with him. I did. Yep. Uh, he was a monster. He was, he played D line, played for Saskatchewan for a year or two. And he almost quit playing football his first year. Um, and, uh, you know, we had a, probably an hour, an hour and a half conversation in my office. And finally he started taking school seriously uh, he started training. He started uh, eating more. He, he had the weird – he ate chocolate milk with cereal and a whole bunch of different things. So, <laughs> but, uh, but just to say, it would have been a shame for him to quit. And, uh, and you know what? We, we talked about life and talked about a whole bunch of different things. But uh, look at him today. I'm sure he's doing real well. I haven't connected with him in a little while. But, um, you know, it would have been a real shame had he quit. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes players will quit too, and it is a shame. But uh, ultimately, it's their choice. Yeah, everyone's got to have um yeah, everyone has to be the, you know, the what's the what's the terminology, the captain of their own soul or of their own ship or whatever it is. They got to make the decisions for themselves cuz for me when I was, you know, 18, I was I'm going to try to play sports as long as I possibly can. I just wasn't ready to give up sports yet. And then towards my last year of school, you I mean, you know some of the things that were going on at Bishops with all the coaching turnover and the lack of culture because of it and I just for me personally, stepping aside my last year to start focusing on like my academics more and my life and my company, that worked out well for me. So I don't, I don't have any regrets towards missing my last year. But what I would say to the young athletes listening to this podcast is you got to understand like whether it's shoulder pads or skates or a tennis racket, like when you put it down, you put it down competitively forever. In most cases, football is a little different because you can't really get that uh, contact uh, high-level men's league football very mm-hmm. easily in Canada. Sure, I, I play men's league basketball, and it's competitive. It's just not the same. It's not the same level of competition. Football is a very special sport, and I think you only understand that when you've played it. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I basically tell my guys every day, make sure that you lay your head on your pillow at night and you have zero regrets. Um, if you have regrets or you said, I should have done this or I wish I would have done that, then make sure it doesn't have to repeat itself the next day, the following day. Um, and it's the same thing, you know, when we're coaching. So uh, we, we try to work with them. We try to develop them. And you know what, man, uh, you, you got to have fun. So I'm having fun. I'll tease guys all the time. And, and they get to understand how we work. And if people know you care, you can be tough. You can be, you know, we, we have discipline and, you can be tough as long as they know in advance the consequences and everything that they're going to do. But I think there's a respect there. So you got to be able to respect your players. They'll respect you. Um, and that comes in recruiting as well too, and getting to know the families 
but uh, you know, we, I've worked with players that didn't come from an easy background that went on to have great careers, uh, do great things. Um, and you know what? Thank God, because, you know, had they taken a left turn instead of a right turn, uh, life could have turned out differently for them. And, yep, you know, sports those guys, saves lives. well, it's, it gives them a direction and a sense of purpose to go to. So that's mm-hmm. what I find really cool. Um, and that's what we try to do, you know, just help young men find themselves and, and go on and do great things. And you know what? So if you touch one, one guy, one player, uh, and he touches two or three others, and then those two or three touches, you know, you're just passing it, passing it on, passing it forward. So it's pretty cool. Absolutely. It's the only way to do it. Um, one of the things I wanted to grab your opinion on, we're going to switch gears a little bit here, is uh, AUS football. So you coached Bishops when it was in the RSEQ, and then the following year they transferred to AUS. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. And you've obviously had your eye on the AUS for, for some time just as a coach in the U Sports or the CIS. Um, do you have any you know comments or opinions on the discrepancy issues in uh, U Sports football? Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's a debate. <laughs> it's an open debate. Uh, when I coached at BU, we had the crossover with the AUS, which was always uh, it was fun. I mean, to have that crossover, uh, just more teams to play against. Uh, you look at the football p- programs in the RSEQ. You know, it's competitive football. I think the programs do a really great job. The coaching is solid. They recruit. Uh, plus, with the with the CJEP football players that they can recruit from, uh, I mean, it's they're fortunate. We're fortunate to have those programs as well. And the AUS, like I'm, me part of my job in CJEP is to try and help my players make it to the next level. And not all of them are going to go to one university, and that's not what we want to do. We want to try to best find the best fit for them. So AUS football, I mean, uh, you know, you got Coach Jeff, uh, Gary, Pete, you know, uh, Sharif at the uh, Bishops. You know, they're all friends of mine. Uh, I think they're doing a great job. So uh, and they call me up for recruiting and making sure that that guys will uh, if they'll be a good fit or whatever. It's the same thing that we do. Um, so it's we're lucky. We're fortunate to have all of the options. Uh, like I, I got my long snapper. I'm talking to Shamari Williams at UBC that possibly will go from Charlevoix to, to Thetford to UBC into his engineering program. Um, so the discrepancies in, in university football, yeah, it's present. Um, but at the end of the day, football is football. You're going there to get your academics. So right. if you take care of all those things, I mean, you can't go wrong. So it's finding the best fit. And that's what I'm trying to do with my football players. They're not asking me, is this conference better than the other and, and all of this stuff. It's make sure they have your academic program. Talk to the coaches and see, you know, if you're playing quarterback and they have uh, three all Canadians in front of you and they're all in their <laughs> second year, then probably it's not a good fit football wise. So if you can find a university with, with a football program and your academic program, then that could be uh, part of the process of making your decision. So, um, you know, love the Canadian football. OUA, I think, is exciting. Canada West is is great football. Uh, AUS is is competitive within the league, which is awesome. So, hey, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm sure all all U Sport coaches are working really hard. I'm sure they are. Whether the season gets postponed or canceled, I'm sure. Uh, I don't think it'll get canceled. I think worst case scenario, they'll play it in the spring. But um, 
Don't last know. couple. Well, we're 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 going to prepare as if there's a season. So I mean, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I got my fingers crossed that we can get back to normalcy very quickly, but I don't make that decision, unfortunately. <laughs> um, Me neither. <laughs> one of the last things here for you, Coach, I wanted to get your opinion on three things because, and they're all kind of uh, synergistic here: um, creating culture, finding leaders, and building championships. What's your? Do you have a process, a methodology, um, things that you've noticed that have worked or haven't worked that you want to pass on? Um. Well, in in order to build a culture, I think it's really in recruiting. Um, the other thing that will really help your culture is communication. Uh, communicating with your football team, your players, your coaches. Coaches being on the same page is huge. Um, and telling your team, this is what we're going to do. This is why we're going to do it. And if you don't want to be part of it, then now is the time to leave. And you got to stick to it. And, and you know what? If your best player on your football team doesn't abide by what you lay down on a piece of paper or on a board in front of the team, then they have to go. And, and sometimes we've had to make that tough decision. Um, you know, so hopefully they buy in. And if they don't, well, then they got to – they can't stay. It's, it's not rocket science. You're trying to help people. But at the end of the day, that's the tough part about coaching is making those decisions of whether they stay or they go. And then once a couple guys go, well, it'll get the attention of the others. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's why I think in order to be an effective, if you want to create a culture, it starts with your coaching staff and your head coach and to sort of put down on paper what it is you're going to do. Uh, you know, where are you going to be year one? Where are you going to be year two, year three, year four, year five? You know, how are you going to recruit? Who are you going to recruit? Uh, why are you going to recruit those guys? So a lot of it goes into it. And a lot of it comes with experience because I wasn't the same coach I am today as I was my first year. I was 32 years old when I was that coach at U, my first year. Wow. And, uh, and you learn. Uh, and, you know, you want players to learn from you. But, you know, I learn from my players every day on, on different things. So they kind of call me old school and I'm not that old. So. But uh, you have fun with them. And the other thing is this. We always talk about leadership. Uh, To me, I studied psychology, so I I have a tendency to say leaders are born. You know, you can learn a certain degree of leadership, but the really true leaders to me are born. Uh, The other thing that we don't talk much about is, hey, how do you follow? Mm. You know, because sometimes we talk about the guy leading, but... How do you how do you follow somebody? And we try to work with with the guys. So that's why this thing with the mind that we have our challenge and we have our three teams. And every week we have a different captain, and they are responsible for the actions of their teammates within their their mind. Um, so if somebody's late, I speak to them. I don't speak to the person who was late. I speak to them and. You know, sometimes they have consequences that they don't like. And in my opinion, what that does is when you're not the captain, you don't want your captain to be in trouble because of you, if they really do care. So, and most of them care. So uh, you're teaching them how to, how to lead. Now, all of a sudden, when the captain speaks, you listen because you were the captain when you were speaking, you wanted the guys to listen. So now out of respect, the captain speaking, you listen. 
Um, and then we, we try to teach. So we're teaching kids how to follow. And we're also working with uh, the captains. We're saying, okay, you know, tell the guys, sort of guide them on how to be a leader, how to be a captain. You know, don't wait till the last minute to send your, your group a message to, to make sure that they're on time. Send them a message in the morning. Send them a message at noon. Send them a message an hour before. All the different little things that you can do. So we're sort of helping them that way. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, really smart. That's really interesting. Good, good idea. Well, there's... There's different things, and uh, Coach Alfred, he's our uh, he's our running back coach, and he was uh, in the military a little bit, so he he's pulling out some of the little military tricks, and uh, you know, and I learned a lot of stuff from him. So we're it's fun, and you know what, the guys are really reacting really well to it, and they're having fun. So I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta have fun. Absolutely. And coach, what's your take home message for uh, coaches, parents and young athletes who, who tuned in to, to today to listen to the podcast? They're just looking for, uh, you know, they want to do the things that me and you've done. They want to get next level. They want to get into coaching. So if you have any take home uh, advice for them. And be the best teammate you can be. Uh, right. Focus on your team. Uh, be the best student that you can be. So focus on a school. Don't worry about playing a season and having a highlight film so that you can get to the next level because you're not focusing on your team. You're, and how many times, like, um, I, I sent a quote from Deion Sanders that represented it pretty well. You know, it's like, don't, don't chase scholarships. Don't chase Division One schools. You know, you should be chasing good grades. You know, you should be chasing to be the best player, best teammate that you can be. Uh, if you're really good, then, you know, scouts are going to see you. They'll pick up on that. Um, and the other thing is this, like uh, we talk to your coaches. Uh, so if ever something does happen and, and one guy will slip through the cracks uh, and we talk to your coach and he'll say, hey, you know, this kid, Zach, he's awesome. He, he does this, 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 this. Uh, maybe he only caught the football 10 times, but we didn't really throw all that much. And he blocks really well. And you, this is a kid you really need to speak to and, you know, I highly recommend this kid. Uh, so those are things that we that we look at and that we do. So we ask um, the proper questions and information. And same thing, you know, sometimes it's interesting. We're, we're listening to parents in the crowd and see how they respond, how they react. Uh, I think there's, there's funny things like they, they'll call out a coach making a bad call or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we listen to everything and it's, it's, um, because when we recruit a player, we're going to recruit the family as well. Um, Absolutely. So, so you never know who's looking. And I remember when Phil Blake was getting uh, going through the NFL scouting combine. He was at Baylor. He was our G3 center. I mean, we had NFL teams calling Coach Zonka, and I think there was an NFL team that reached out to me. And I was the DC uh, of a CJEP. And you have NFL scouts calling you to see what kind of kid Phil Blake is. Right. So – you know, if the pros are doing their homework and doing all of these things, it must be really important. And they weren't calling us to see if he was a good football player because they knew that. They were they were calling to see what kind of person he was. That makes sense. I think that was uh, some great advice, Coach. I really appreciate your time. This was uh, Season 2, Episode 5 of Athletic Insights. Coach, thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.